Of Can You Dig It, a podcast by SoapScreenAndRoll.com. I'm Christian Rivas, joined by Jacob Brood on a day where, for me, it just wasn't great. Uh, not for reasons like for basketball reasons. Um, it's for the only other sport I follow, really, and that's soccer. Manchester United won today, so Chelsea are in danger of falling out of the top four which i don't want to happen uh and then barcelona lost which gave real madrid a la liga title and barcelona has been my team since i was very young to the point where i'm gonna admit something on air right now that i've never said out loud so forgive me but jacob this might um surprise you too so i hope you're sitting down i know you're sitting (laughs) i I am sitting down go on (laughs) um I used to be a really big Manchester United fan when I was younger. All right, you need a new podcast host on that. <laughs> I uh when when Cristiano Ronaldo played for Man U, I was just a I was a huge fan just cuz I loved Ronaldo. Um and then you obviously had Wayne Rooney, Brian Giggs, Paul Scholes, just a super duper team even carlos tevez was on the team for a little bit uh tevez spent a little time at man city didn't he he did he was i enjoyed watching tevez he was on the team right when i first started watching city he was a lot of fun but i i loved barcelona so much and the only reason i became a barcelona fan is because i think the reason everybody came became a barcelona fan is because of ronaldinho um and then messi soon after but I like I love Barcelona so much that when Ronaldo signed with Real, I had to choose my allegiance then and there, and I said, <laughs> "Yeah, there's no way." So uh, today has been a painful day for me uh, in more ways than one. But um, I'm happy to be doing this podcast with you. I look forward. To, I look forward to this uh, part of my week every week. And uh, how are you doing, sir? Well. It was a bad day and a far less important reason for me because um, so I had a pretty big uh, quarantine beard going on. Uh, I basically don't ever go out but to get groceries now, so I haven't really needed to trim it. And I got a new set of uh, like trimmers or razor. I got a new razor basically. And on my old razor, I just put on like the lowest like trimmer or whatever attachment and that did it perfectly fine so i made the mistake today i get it my new razor i put the small the lowest one on there and i don't even know if you can see it right here i just took one swipe and i saw way too much skin and uh immediately my eyes got really big <laughs> and i was terrified of what i had just done so i mean i uh I nearly completely shaved off my beard today. I've never seen you with a clean shaven face. Not once in my life. Well, I'm trying to think the last time I would have had a clean shaven face. It's probably been close to 10 years. It was about probably 2013. It was just one random 
I always did No Shave November, but when I went back home for the holidays, for Thanksgiving, basically, my mom despises facial hair. It was, was always a huge... That was yeah. going to be my follow-up question. <laughs> yeah. It was always a huge point of contention. And uh, I did the respectful thing. And when I would go home, I would shave it. And it ne- and then I would just continue shaving it. It would never... I would never grow it back. And one, one year, I was trying to think, it was probably 2013, I just decided... She's not going to, like, kick me out of the family if I don't shave. So I just didn't shave. It was a uh, not pleasant Thanksgiving. She was very angry with me, but she got over it, and I have not shaved since. Now, I will say every time I go home, she will say, jokingly, she will say, your face is ugly, you need to shave. So it's still something she brings up all the time. But that it's probably been seven, eight years since I've, not had a beard i like how you added jokingly as if one of our listeners was going to call uh cps on your mom (laughs) i did i just wanted to make sure everybody knew i wasn't turning this into a therapy (laughs) uh yeah i how old were you when you could start growing that thing oh it, it was in college uh surprisingly i didn't have much of facial hair in high school but once I realized, because even like my freshman year, I started to like grow it out and it, my freshman year of college and it didn't really work. It wasn't until I think my fourth year at IU that uh, I could finally start growing something respectable. There's a stage where like it looks pretty rough when I'm growing it out. Um, but eventually, yeah, it, get, it gets to something pretty good. And I mean, I love it. But yeah, my 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 father kind of has facial hair. That's why I never get because it's always my dad's always had a mustache. My mom never says anything about that. But the minute I came home with a beard, it was it was on. Maybe there was um. It's a clear double standard. In my, no, in my or opinion. maybe she just she hated that too, and then she got <laughs> she learned to get over it because she loves both of you. Aww, way to bring some, it back around. <laughs> there's some there's some horror pictures of me as a child. My mom made questionable hair decisions for me and my oh, brother for a long brother. time. There, there are some mulleted Jacob pictures. Oh no. Yeah, it's really bad. It, I was full redneck. It was, that reinforces every stereotype I have about oh, Indiana. I, I fit into every stereotype. <laughs> Jean shorts, like mullet. Oh, yeah, it, there's some bad ones. Those will never see the light of day. Yeah, I only have um, pictures with bangs because I don't know if I've said this before, but I've always unintentionally had the same haircut as Joe Jonas like my entire life. So any any haircut Joe Jonas has had, I've had. And let me tell you, buddy, I've looked bad. And everyone, I don't even like the hair I have now. Uh, it's just that when I turned, um, I want to say 16, my hair decided it wanted to like inherit whatever curly hair my mom's side of the family has. <laughs> um, so I think about three years ago, I just stopped combing my hair. And I just let my hair get into those tight curls. Uh, so that's what my hair is now. I don't mind it. I just, I usually wear hats anyway, uh, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I That was the other thing is I have really curly hair. You probably haven't seen me with hair much longer than this, to be honest, either. Um, 
And when I was little, my mom used to always grow it out. Like I had a big mullet. Like it was bad. It was like this curly haired, like it was rough. One of my favorite stories, my dad had no care in the world. And my parents worked separate shifts uh, at a factory when I was little. And one day my dad took me to the barber to get a haircut, dropped me off at uh, the babysitter. I was pretty young. Um, and my mom picks me up that night and like my mom walks in and I remember running over to give her a hug. And then she just, she puts her arms around me and then just kind of screeches, Oh my God. And I remember that like terrified me as a kid. I'm like, Oh, did something just happen? And she was freaking out because my dad cut off my mullet. Oh my God. <laughs> and my mom's reaction was like sheer terror. I can only imagine what kind of trouble he got into or he got into for that. But that's, that's how much my mom loved that. My brother had it for much longer than I did. I don't, I don't know if I fought back against it at a young age or what, but my brother has pictures well into elementary school with a mullet. Oh no. We're every stereotype redneck stereotype you could imagine. It's uh, (sighs) a, that is so funny. I think it would, it would be um, excusable if you were just like so much older than me, but you're not (laughs) like if you were like, 40 years old and i was like "Eh, it was a different time it is now it was the same (laughs) around the same time i was growing up you have no excuse Um, look when i had like enough self-awareness that mullet was gone but but (laughs) little jacob didn't know any better um yeah it's um the most i can do with my beard is like a tyler johnson neck beard so i just don't (laughs) let it grow out um speaking of tyler johnson we are here to talk about basketball if you made it this far. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Today, there's really no news to talk about. Uh, Markeith Morris isn't with the Lakers in Orlando, uh, but I think Anthony and Sabrina covered that on their podcast yesterday. Rondo is with the team. Like, he was at practice on Thursday, and I don't get why. Like, he... Uh, I don't think he needs to be there. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to be in the bubble for six to six to eight weeks. I think before he's uh, he'll be cleared. Like, go home. I mean, or just I guess, don't go to practice. <laughs> oh well, I'd be going home. But uh, I mean, I guess the argument is theoretically it's probably safer to not get the virus in the bubble if everybody follows the rules. But yeah, no, I. But I guess the argument is, what can he do other than go to practice? Because if yeah. he has a broken thumb, he can't play Call of Duty or anything. I think I'd manage. If I had a broken <laughs> thumb, I feel like... If uh, if it's his right thumb, I'm trying to think of what I'd really need that for. I guess in FIFA... Yeah, all the buttons you're pushing. Yeah, that is tough. If or If you're Jacob, all you need to do is push R2 and run into the goal... You don't even need oh, a shoe. Yeah. That is yeah, uh, those of you who follow me may have seen Christian gets a little confident at times. I'm it's not even like alcohol. Like it's not liquid courage. It's just like <laughs> No, he'll get unwarranted confidence. Out of no out of the blue challenge me on FIFA and I got uh, killed last time. Yeah, the last time out I believe it was nine to one. I didn't even make subs in the second half. I felt mean to pause the game <laughs> at that point and I just kind of played it out. It was bad. Yeah. I haven't played Grant, though. Grant Goldberg, who's the one that called me out, which I don't understand because our record is pretty even. 
Um, but when he does beat me, he beats me pretty bad. So I don't know what that says about me. See, um, I, I noticed that you were feuding with my son, so I had to come in and just duck you down a level. That's so funny. Yeah, it's um, it's rough out here for for the Lakers and their guard depth, but I mean they're all right. They signed Dion and Jr., who's apparently a, like a really good golfer. Uh, Crusoe talked about it in a really enjoyable interview with Anthony Slater of the Athletic, just talking about how impressed he is with jr smith's golfing ability and if you go on getty like when the when the lakers first signed jr if you go on getty the first few pictures of him were like at a charity golf tournament i think he did and i don't know why it just didn't click to me until yesterday that he might actually be good and it wasn't just something he enjoyed doing uh so that was really interesting to read I did not see this interview, and honestly, if you would have had me guess which Laker was a really good golfer, JR would have been the last person I guessed. <laughs> yeah, it's um, – I don't know if there's anybody else. Like, I know Curry and Kent Bazemore are very good at golf. Um, Iguodala. Is, Iguodala. plays a ton. Vince Carter always talked on his podcast about playing golf. Charles Barkley. <laughs> Bazemore plays a bunch. Barkley is not good at yeah. <laughs> Every time I think my swing's bad, I just pull up a video of Charles Barkley. I've never golfed. Not once. Mini golf, I can get down, but actual it's golf. one of those things, I'm absolutely terrible at it, but I enjoy it, um, which really makes Top Golf the best place for me. Yeah. Uh, I went there when we, I went to Vegas for Summer League. We actually were beside Rudy Gobert playing oh, Top shoot. Golf. Um, and then they put one in Indianapolis recently, and I've went there a couple of times. That's that's a fun time if you guys haven't been. Just drink lots of alcohol and <laughs> smack golf balls into a driving range. Yeah, when we went to Vegas, Kendrew, who was on our show a few weeks ago, uh, said the two spots we had to hit up before we left, or sorry, three spots we had to hit up before we left Vegas were uh, Secret Pizza, Top Golf and Taco Bell Cantina, which all three places places I had never been to, uh, and we only managed to go to one. I was going to say I've been I've only been to Top Golf of that. <laughs> we went to Secret Pizza, and um, we saw a few summer league players from the Nuggets. I think uh, didn't recognize any of them. Maybe they, I, like for all I know, they could have just been young members of the coaching staff. Pizza was great <laughs> though. And then we saw um, we saw Dwight Powell and Mark Cuban partying it up with uh, Bog, or Bojan Bojan Bogdanovic and Buddy Heald. Just a just a weird like collection of of people uh, hanging out. But it was cool. Summer league's a good time. I'm sad that it is not happening this year. Who and, knows if or when it'll happen again? That was yeah. always aside from it always being just stupendously hot that was always a fun time you'd see so many just random nba players throughout that whole week just in random places how crazy is it that we're in july now and the season hasn't finished yet (laughs) hasn't even restarted i was actually earlier today for some reason i just was like i really want to watch some like olympic highlights and i didn't even like put two and two together that like I don't know when the Olympics would have started, but roughly right now, 
is when the Olympics should be going on. Yeah. Um, this has just been a really yeah a week from today Suck. the Olympics would have started. So just a really sucky year. Yeah, I love the Olympics. I was really really looking forward to it. Like, just as people that just love sports, it is just the greatest time of year because there is always something on. I will watch Olympic badminton and mm-hmm. root for the USA or honestly, if, if the U S if the USA is in the gold medal match, I will root for anybody. Like I will pick a side and uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm bummed. Uh, Cause this, this is the year it was supposed to be in Japan, right? Yeah. And a couple years ago, I don't know when it would have been at this point. Uh, I stayed up until like 4am, 5am watching United States curling in the gold medal match. Uh, I don't even remember where it was at either. Like I've said many times, time is just a construct during this quarantine. (laughs) But uh, I remember there were quite a few people on Twitter for like 4am and we were all celebrating a USA gold. I will, I'm 100%. I've watched badminton, beach volleyball, just whatever it is, I will watch uh obviously usa but i usually just have that on all the time throughout the day well basketball starting again soon so that's cool and uh when we get back from the break i promise we'll talk about basketball specifically uh who the lakers are going to be playing which has already been it's it's been out for a little while now and it's been a running joke on our show that we'll talk about the schedule when it's released and that time has come where we can talk about the schedule. So we'll do that now or when we come back from the break. Eight games the Lakers have to lock up that number one seed and they only need three wins out of those eight games to win. Feel pretty confident in their ability to do that. Not that seeding means anything now. Uh, Although... Due to the nature of the play-in tournament, it might be interesting to see who they're going to play in that first round now. Like, that is the only interesting part about the first seed to me now is that race at the bottom. Because otherwise, it's like, I think if you're the Lakers and you're worried about who you're going to see in the first round, you should be worried about a lot more. Uh, Right now, I think the only teams that really worry me are the Clippers and the Bucks. And the, ironically, I mean, most people probably could have guessed this because of uh, this thing called money. The Lakers will be playing the Clippers on their restart opening night. Uh, the same team they played on opening night, Christmas Day, uh, and then sometime in February. So... Not a big surprise, <laughs> the, but uh, all of those games were really, really good. Like, as much has been made from, I don't want to sound like a dweeb and call out the quote-unquote national media for, like, underrating the Lakers, but um, I think that one and two record for in, in favor of the Clippers is thrown around a lot, but all of those games were really close and enjoyable. For the majority of those three games, the Lakers have outplayed the Clippers. Right. Um, That first game was pretty much all Clippers, which was to be expected. That Christmas game, the Lakers... Just fumbled it. Yeah, outplayed them for three, three and a half quarters. Uh, And then the most recent game, 
they outplayed him the whole way through. Uh, it's weird because technically the Lakers are going to play the Clippers twice in three games, but it'll end up being March 8th and July 30th will be the two dates of those, uh, of those games. Um, I don't know what to expect from that game. From that game, Do you think all of LeBron, AD, Kawhi, and PG all play in that game? Yeah, because they'll have the, the scrimmage games before then, um, the three scrimmage games, I believe. They'll play Dallas and some other teams. Not, uh, uh, just not important enough. <laughs> like, again, we're talking about uh, the number one seed in the Western Conference, not a team that needs all the reps they can get to it's just it's we're playing we're playing chess not checkers at this point and uh so yeah i think they'll have some time to warm up obviously they're getting practices in you know every day with the exception of whatever breaks they get in the week i was hesitant or i was reluctant about them only having like two odd weeks to practice going into the bubble uh, but it seems the work that they did prior to going in, whatever work they got in at, at the facilities when they were reopened, in combination and secret games he was yeah, <laughs> um, in combination with you know them having two a days um, practicing every day, I think they'll be all right. I mean, knock on wood. My desk is a uh, fake wood, but let's just. Let's go with it. That everyone stays healthy. Uh, obviously, losing Rondo was was kind of a big hit. But um, as we talked about last week, I think there are combinations with that second unit that just work without Rondo and arguably better because of some players' ability to score out of the pick and roll that just Rondo just doesn't have. So uh, I think they'll be all right. We're going to rely on Deion Waiters a lot more than right. anticipated. Or in, like, uh, ideally, Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith are really valuable and it creates a good problem for Frank Vogel, even when, like, even before Rondo comes back. But Caruso actually had an interesting uh, quote in that Slater interview I was talking about earlier about how he thinks... Kyle Kuzma's actually going to split the ball handling duties with him in the second unit, uh, which I would love to see. Because I think the more Kyle Kuzma has the ball in his hands, the better player he is. Uh, and the thing that he mentioned specifically was the success they've had giving it to Kuzma uh, and playing the pick and roll with Dwight Howard. And I was like, I, I don't remember that a ton this season. So I watched literally his best game of the season against the Thunder. Uh, and that's how he got, like, most of his points is out of the pick and roll with Dwight. Did not remember that. Again, I, I think that game might have been uh, in January. So it's been a long time. But, yeah, I'm really interested to see that. And, obviously, uh, what position he plays is still up in the air. But I think that'll be a good test for Kuzma specifically. Uh, when it comes to checking wings and playing defense, being that third guy that he was on Christmas Day against the Clippers. Uh, and so 
them not having AB or Danny Green, who were the other guys that went off in those Clippers games, if he can show you can do it again, uh, I think that is a big boost of confidence for him and the team going into the rest of the season. I'm just interested to see kind of how they treat the these games. Um, seeding means, as you kind of mentioned, absolutely nothing at this point other than matchups. Um, and even then, the Lakers would have to go like two and six, and the Clippers would have to win every game for the Clippers to uh, to catch them. So it's highly unlikely anyway. So I'd be interested to see how much Frank Vogel tries things, like you mentioned, with the Kuzma and Dwight actions and how he kind of integrates Dion. Um, whether he uses maybe Quinn Cook more to try to replace some of Rondo's ball handling. Like there's – it's going to be interesting because they're also going to be playing some really tough teams as well. Um, yeah, so the Clippers are ob- obviously the one that stands out. But the one I'm interested in – there's two games – or two or three games I'm interested in. The Clippers are probably the one I'm least interested in because, um, again – I may be speaking too hastily, but that, that's a series I expect to see down the line where meaningful games are actually played. Um, the game against the Raptors is really interesting to me because the Lakers played them when I believe they were at, like both teams were at full strength and the Raptors just kind of ran through them. Uh, and they're one of the two teams I want to say that the Lakers haven't beaten this season. If, for no other reason than they've played them once. I think the Raptors are very good. Um, and actually, I want to clarify, the Raptors beat them without Ibaka and Lowry. Yeah, I was looking it up. I didn't think that they were at full strength. Which is, well, I meant the Lakers at full strength. Um, oh, okay. Which yeah. they were. Uh, the Raptors weren't, though. I don't remember that. Uh, Rondo didn't play that game, which... So they he, were at full strength. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I am so fascinated with the Raptors and the way they've been able to stay afloat with without Kawhi Leonard and the leap Pascal Siakam's made. Uh, that backcourt of Laurie and Van Vliet, I didn't expect to be as successful as it's been, but I mean they've I I don't know if it's just uh, the coaching or the like the players being vast, the Kawhi Leonard supporting cast being vastly underrated. Either way, they're a team that really interests me. I don't know if I pick them in a series against the Bucks, but I definitely think they have the talent to go the distance. It's Nick Nurse is done just an incredible job. I kind of had a what, like a confused reaction when they fired Dwayne Casey. It felt like a kind of a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. Um, but it has worked out tenfold because um, he was really good last year, obviously, when they won the title. And as you said, to keep them afloat, not just afloat, keep them atop yeah. um, the Eastern Conference right behind the Bucks, has been incredible. Um, that'll be an interesting game. Again, I just don't really know – the Lakers are going to have to kind of do a mixture of a little bit of experimenting, a little bit of bringing people into back up to shape 
and then getting guys pretty much immediately ready for the playoffs. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if basically the first half of the the eight games um, they take kind of slow and start to ramp it up. The Houston, Indiana, Denver stretch. Um, I think they'll rest a lot of guys for that Sacramento game, but it'll be interesting to see because yeah, Toronto's also present some interesting matchups because on paper they're one of the handful of teams that could match up with the Lakers' size with Gasol and Ibaka. Um, I don't know how much those two have shared the court this year, but um, Gasol, Ibaka, and Siakam would be a front court that at least kind of on paper and in terms of size could match up with the Lakers and there Absolutely. aren't many that yeah. there aren't many that can do that. Yeah, and they they also have like lengthy def- defensive wings. Um, I was gonna say just straight up defensive wings, but again, I think a lot of those players that they picked up weren't very good before they were picked up by the Raptors. Like uh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson and Stanley Johnson specifically had like the same physical profile as Kawhi Leonard, just somebody that has the potential to be a defensive stopper at that three position. Um, but it just hadn't lived up their, to their potential. Now they're not Kawhi Leonard by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, I think nurse has done a really good job of trying to plug them into that role uh, at least defensively. And it's worked out for both of them. Less, less so for Stanley Johnson, but uh, Rondé's having a great year. Uh, I'm glad you jumped ahead a little bit, though, because the most hilarious scenario for me is the Lakers throwing that game against the Kings on August 13th just so they don't have to play the Pelicans. Um, The Lakers, unfortunately, will not see the Pelicans um, during that eight-game stretch because they've played them, like, I want to say three times already this season. It's felt like a million times. Uh, they um, played them four times, I believe. Yeah, four I, times. I don't think they have them on their scrimmage schedule either. Um, so as much as I like those games, seeing the just straight-up beast that Zion Williamson has become with his time off frightens the hell out of me. I would not doubt if the Lakers end up seeing the Pelicans in the first round. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. The Kings, I I think they have a chance to contend for that eighth seed, especially because Alex Len, I think, has just been a revelation for them. I know Harry, Harry Giles has probably the highest ceiling of any center they have on their team, uh, unless you include Marvin Bagley as a center, which they're pretty healthy now like the Lakers are going to be one of eight teams um, you know bearing injury to see the Kings at full strength this season so I'm really interested to see see what they have to do and then the Pacers are another team that um, might actually have Oladipo when we see them Uh, and the Pacers are the only other team if I'm remembering correctly that the Lakers haven't beaten this season Uh, I don't know the Lakers have I've had some just weird losses this season for as good as they've been. I think every team has just weird losses. Uh, and yeah, 105-102 Pacers uh, in December. I don't believe Oladipo was playing yet. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. AD didn't play that game either. So 
take it for what it is. Jared Dudley started that game. Uh, Kyle Kuzma was hurt for that game too. I do not. Again, December, almost a year ago now. <laughs> so uh, those games interest me. The Kings and Pelicans interest me honestly more than the Grizzlies. So we'll see how that plays out. It's gonna. I didn't even think about the scenario you talked about. The Lakers could like. I, I mean, obviously they're not gonna throw the last game, but I I said it without even really thinking about it that I don't think LeBron and AD will play that game. Um, and Sacramento is just as close as the Pelicans are to the right. eight seed right now. Um, I'm not. I don't. The Pelicans have the easiest schedule. I know we've talked a lot about it, uh, about that 8-9 seed, but the Kings, I mean, they're going to end up playing the Pelicans and then the Lakers the last two games. So uh, if they beat the Pelicans and then the Lakers minus their two best players, if not more, I don't know. I mean, I'd rather see the Kings and most of those teams in the 8 seed. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but um, yeah, that Indiana game was really weird. Uh, like I said, there's no AD, but it, I don't know. That was just a really odd game. Um, I, that Houston game is the one that's going to be interesting to me. I, I mean, I think on here I've talked about it. I don't really think I should say at the time I didn't really think what Houston was going to do was sustainable. Yeah. Everything is just kind of thrown out the window now. I don't know what – I thought Houston was wearing down, um, and then they got three and a half months of rest um, out of nowhere. So that certainly doesn't hurt. Um, they, they terrify me. Yeah, I'm not excited to play them. Theoretically, the Lakers – I mean, AD – is the perfect guy to play against those small ball lineups because he's a big man that can play small. Like there's a few guys like him in the league. So, but, but not with posting up, which I think is a fatal mistake. The Lakers made in that first game. And they've done it a couple times this year, that Clippers game at the beginning of the year, that game. Um, I mean, yeah, in theory, they have a guy that can match up with that, but they kind of fall into a trap of just trying to post up AD a whole bunch and, even on a mismatch, it's just not a very efficient way to try to score. But hopefully Vogel spent a lot of time watching tape. I'm sure he did during this quarantine, and they have a better way of attacking Houston. I think out of all the games, that's the one I probably look most forward to because I expect the Lakers to be kind of ramping things up at that point. Houston's just such a weird, interesting team. Um I don't know. It's going to be – I'm laughing because it says it's technically at Houston uh, on the schedule. But, uh, yeah, that's probably the one I'm looking most forward to because Harden and Russ were starting to figure things out. Just that whole playing with spacing and opening up the floor did run to wonders for Russ. Um, I don't know. That's going to be an interesting game. I mean – out of all the people on the roster, it was Kuzma who did the best job of defending him most recently. Uh, so I don't know how they handle that, especially with Avery Bradley not there. Yeah, um, that 
scares the crap. Like any team with an elite backcourt just worries me because of Bradley not being in there. I don't know if like that's an overreaction, but I definitely do. I felt more comfortable having Caruso and Bradley to throw at those guys. And now they have Caruso, KCP, Danny Green. And then I guess the next person in that line would be waiters, I guess. I mean, I honestly think that they'll try Kuzma on him again at some point. It worked that game. I don't know where on the totem pole he falls. I would imagine Danny Green is probably going to be on James Harden. Right. Um, So I don't, I would almost put Kuzma ahead of him. I don't know. That's going to be, that's probably one of the tougher matchups the Lakers are going to have in terms of replacing Avery Bradley. Um, That's like a potential second round matchup too, depending on where the Rockets finish. That's that would be a. I don't know if there there are a couple teams I wouldn't mind in the second round. That would be one of them I'd be most scared of. Yeah, because um, I don't. I know James Harden just got to the bubble and whatnot, but that team, if they can get clicking again, I think that. I mean, it's going to be kind of a pickup ball type of atmosphere. I think in these games and on paper, that team would be a great pickup ball team. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. The Jazz don't worry me at all. I don't know if that's just like Lakers exceptionalism where they just haven't had to worry about the Jazz this season and like their fan base. Uh, but yeah, I nothing about the Jazz strikes me as a team that is just going to catch fire and surprise a lot of people in yeah. the postseason. If anything, like their peak was last year. Or two years ago, whenever they oh, no, sorry, it was two years ago. Um, Mitch's rookie season. I, yeah, I'd feel comfortable seeing them in the second round. I haven't seen what Skinny Jokic looks like on the court yet, but the Nuggets are another team I'm just not particularly worried about. Did you see he claimed that he didn't even like lose weight during the break? No, he had some. He had some quote where he said that he only lost like three or four pounds or something well yes to be trolling (laughs) yeah like i i didn't follow up to see if he was joking but like there's no remote way that is true yeah he somebody posted a side by side of um him i think at the beginning of the season and now which again is like a year that has passed since the start of the season and and now but he does look different Again, though, I un, until I see him, I'm. It's just not a team I'm worried about. Same can be said of the Thunder. Uh, I understand Chris Paul and Shea are, have just been silly good, and they're another team that qualifies an elite backcourt in in the NBA. Honestly, if you go down the list of the teams in the Western Conference with like the best backcourts, we talked about this before the season, but with Avery Bradley out now. Uh, I think it's worth revisiting. With the Clippers, I don't know who they're going to start. It's going to probably be Pat and... I don't know the lineups they've been rolling out. Have they been going big with Paul at the two? Uh, I am not sure. To be honest, not a lot of their guards scare me, at least down the stretch. 
Um, I'd, I mean, I'd still take. The, we yeah. saw in the uh, the last game how that went with having Lou Will out there. I'd still take like most of their guards over the guards the Lakers have. Uh, so the okay, that's irrelevant. <laughs> I was gonna say the lineup they've used the most this season is uh, Patrick Beverly, Paul George, Mo Harkless, Kawhi Leonard, and Zubats. Harkless obviously isn't there anymore. Um, the second most used lineup is Beverly, Leonard, Patterson, Shamit, and Zubats. Uh, and then that's tied with Paul George, uh, Beverly, Leonard. Morris and Zubats, which is probably the lineup they'll end up using, uh, assuming Marcus and Markeith make the trip. Don't know if it's been confirmed yet that Marcus isn't in the bubble, but uh, it was a similar situation with Markeith where just nobody's seen him. So uh, I think that's probably safe to assume. I would imagine the lineup that they're going to finish games with I don't I mean they don't finish games with Zubot so I'd imagine it's probably Beverly George Morris Leonard and Harold yeah um the only, I I think the only change they had in that last meeting was Lou Will and the problem is I mean Lou Will can give you a lot offensively but LeBron literally just Targeted him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, every time down the court, and it's the opposite with Beverly. Whatever he can do defensively, he's a non-factor on offense down the stretch. It it is. Um, we we've talked about it being a make or miss league, but uh, especially in the playoffs, it really is just going to boil down to who's going to hit shots. And um, I forget who it was. I think it might have been Dwight. Or sorry, no, it was Javale in his uh, bubble vlog. He posted the shooting line with Quinn Cook, Jr., and I believe Dion. Dion. Yep. Uh, if those guys can hit three point shooters or three point shots consistently, that's awesome. Uh, but TBD on that. So the Clippers have Beverly, Lou, Shamit, and I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. I did this last week too, where I just Beverly forgot. Beverly Shamit, and that might. I mean, if you consider Paul Georgia too, I guess. Yeah. No. Oh, uh, Reggie Jackson is the one I was forgetting. Totally forgot he existed. Yeah. <laughs> um, those additions, I think, the sample size is too small to say they've moved the needle, but. Uh, that's both good and bad because the Lakers don't know what they're walking into with that. Um, the Nuggets have Jamal Murray and Gary Harris, which again, maybe not elite of the elite, but they make it work. Uh, and they also have, uh, geez, what's his name? Um, oh my God. the He's pretty small, went undrafted, I want to say. Oh my God, it's gonna really bother me. Give me one second. To look this up. Yeah, oh, there yeah. you go. I like him. I think he's a good basketball player. I don't think metrics like him, but he looks like he can play. Uh, and they have Troy Daniels, Lakers legend. So he was in Javale's vlog recently too. Yeah. Um... I mean, out of all the teams in this restart, Houston's really the only one that worries me without having or with not having 
Bradley. Maybe with Chris Paul. I don't know. I mean, Chris Paul is just really good. I don't know how much of a difference it is to have Avery Bradley over anyone else. I mean, Avery Bradley's played him more would be the only thing. But outside of that, I think they have guys that can match up with most of the point guards. Um, And to be fair, I mean, when Russ is on his game, I mean, nobody can really match up with him. So it's not even just a Lakers-specific thing. Um, I mean, that's why they had to try Kuzma on them. So it, I'm not, it'll be interesting to see how they handle it that game. But outside of that, I mean, maybe if Oladipo and uh, Malcolm Brogdon are playing for Indiana, um, it'd be an interesting matchup. But I don't, n- none of those kind of bring the fear with them that Russ does. Yeah. I'm actually kind of glad we did this exercise because, um, it's not as bad as I remember it being, or maybe I'm just like overly confident in the Lakers being able to compensate. Um, Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell's great on paper, but on the court, they've just been horrendous together. Which I would have never guessed. I mean, yeah, yeah, on paper, Conley's exactly the guy that you want next to Mitchell, and he's just not fit even at a little bit. Maybe those three months did him well. Um, but yeah, I, it would have. He'd have to look like Memphis Mike Conley for me to be even a little worried. And and even then, the rest of the team doesn't worry me. Like unless, especially without Bogdanovich, right? And unless Joe Ingles locks up LeBron like he did Paul George, it's it's just <laughs> not going to happen. LeBron um, actually shows up in the playoffs, so that would be a problem. <laughs> uh, so. To your point about nobody being able to guard Russ, I do not want the Lakers to see the Rockets in the second round. But how funny would it be to have Rondo come back mid-second round? It's a close series. And then his, like, hatred. Oh, wait, no. He's on the thunder. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was going to say. (laughs) That's fine. Continue the narrative. He said Thunder, not Rocket. Yeah, I, I want to see Rondo. As you were saying it, I was like, I think he means Thunder, yeah. but that would be amazing for, I don't know what six to eight week timeline brings him back at. Maybe it is a second round, but man, if Rondo came back and won a game with playoff Rondo against Chris Paul, like I'd it'd, be, it'd be on brand, like make it a TNT game in the playoffs against Chris Paul and Rondo might drop like a 50 point <laughs> triple double. I I would welcome it. Um, Jacob, do you have any predictions as to what the Lakers record will be at the end of their, or maybe not record will be at the end of their seeding games, but through those seeding games, mm, like which, what stands out to you as games they might lose? That Toronto game, maybe that Houston game. Because on a back second night of a back to back. Yeah. Uh, those would be the only two that I would probably mark as losses. I think they may drop another one of those early ones or that Sacramento game. So I'd say five and three. That's good. They only need three, as we've mentioned. So I think they win. Here's the other question I was thinking earlier. Over under on six point five games played for each LeBron and AD. 
Ooh. I would take the over on that. I think the only game they rest is um, against the Kings. You think they play both nights of the back-to-back? Yeah. Like, even if it's just first half, I think they'll do it. I I think what these games will be for them, for LeBron James and Anthony Davis specifically, is saying, here's what we have. How far do we have to go? Like, how much ramping up do we have to do or do we feel comfortable enough to say we can set out a few games only play maybe 25 minutes per game i really just think it's going to be a litmus test and we're going to find out a lot about the team whether it's their physical ability or basketball ability but boy am i excited about specifically about the new look second unit without rondo like obviously i wouldn't wish an injury on anybody. Um, I don't like watching Rondo play, but you know, I hope he has a speedy recovery. But there is a ton of potential, I think, in lineups without him, uh, with another scoring guard, which they have two of now outside of Contavious Caldwell Pope and Danny Green. Um, I'm interested to see more Anthony Davids at center next to either Marquise Morris or Kyle Kuzma. And I'm excited to see LeBron James dunk on somebody with all that gray in his beard. That isn't either a coach or JaVale. Yeah. <laughs> like you posted on Instagram today. Yeah, I think Phil Handy. Yeah, I could think picture. of his name. Yeah. Um, man, I'm excited. Two weeks from tonight, we'll be talking about a Lakers-Clippers game. Excellent. Well, 13 days from when you guys are listening to this. But, yeah, I'm excited. We might, honestly, we might even just push the pod to that day to record because I'd like, I mean, depending on how the game goes, I guess. <laughs> um, but next time we talk, we'll definitely have a scrimmage to talk about. So until then, my friends have a good weekend and we'll talk to you all next week.